Welcome to the weekly message from Rayma Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rayma.org.au forward slash media. And we're looking at three ways to release faith. And so I'm looking forward to getting into this. We looked uh, last week at the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and the week before we looked at the shield of faith today we're going to review those last two and then we are going to dive into the hand of faith but before we do let's pray dear heavenly father we're so thankful for your presence here this morning thank you for the strength that is in you the encouragement that is in you. I thank you that your word plainly says that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. So we thank you that as a result of being here in your presence and under the influence of your word, that we'll go from this place even, even before we hear your, your sermon, Father. I thank you that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there will be light in our lives to live by. I thank you, Father God, that people will be encouraged and strengthened today knowing that you care for us and that you love us and that you've given us these ways of interacting by faith with you. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. The shield. The shield of faith. Uh, Tony was reviewing these and it stood out to me as well. The shield of faith. He mentioned that Roman one that stood as high as a person one that they could literally hide behind. I was thinking though last night I woke up about uh, I don't remember what time it was, but there was uh, a thought about the way that we see shields now in this time or in this in sci-fi world. And I was thinking about Star Trek. Do we have any Trekkies that wouldn't be too embarrassing? <laughs> oh, my. Do we even admit these things? But anyway... I, I looked up online because I was looking at S.H.I.E.L.D. And I didn't even know. I said Because I was looking for that, that button that uh, Captain Kirk would have him push. And it put that S.H.I.E.L.D. around the whole starship Enterprise, you know. And uh, I, asked, um, I asked Google, <laughs> what is the name of that S.H.I.E.L.D.? And they put me right through to a vocabulary, of a Star Trek vocabulary. And evidently, you don't use the word, word shield for what I'm trying to describe, but they didn't tell me what it was I am looking for. All I know, there's a force field that keeps the bad guys that have the ugly faces. I can't remember what they were looking like or what their names were. But whatever they were, they weren't able to, to be able to bomb the, the, the Starship Enterprise because of this great force field that was around the whole, the whole ship. Well, that was a shield, not just in front, 
not just a little one. It was absolutely encircling. And then when I remembered the glory of the Lord, it not only it not only goes before us, but the scripture tells us it is even our rear guard. When we have the presence and the glory of God, his whole presence is a shield round about us. And that's why he's the glory and the lifter up of our heads. His presence. I like what, uh, what David said about that, that not just that God gives us a shield, it says he is our shield. And he isn't just in one, in one area of our life. He can absolutely encircle us. But one thing that I, I did think about, you know, with that example of Starship Enterprise, that, that force-filled shield that was, was around the, the Starship was not just there automatically. It had to be activated and so it is with the shield of faith. And that's what Tony was talking about this last week. It's not there just by accident, and it's not there by just because it is. It must be activated and put in motion by our words. And so when we declare the word of the Lord, when we declare what God says he is for us, when we declare the protection that God has promised us, it activates his presence in our life. When we acknowledge his presence about us, that his, his presence is before us and around us and, and following us, when we declare it, it activates us or activates that presence in our life like a shield. Can we just before we go any further, can we activate his presence right now in our own lives by acknowledging his presence? Amen. Father God, we're so thankful. Go ahead, lift up your own voice. I acknowledge your presence in my life. I acknowledge your presence all about me. And you are the glory and the lifter up of my head. So thank God for that shield now that shield is protective and it, it is a defensive uh, tool that God gives. And how precious, how wonderful it is that we have something uh, that can defend us. The sword, by contrast, is offensive. And Tony talked about the sword last week. And so Mark 11 uh, 23. Let's look at this verse of scripture again. The sword is offensive. Jesus said, For surely I say unto you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he'll have whatsoever he says. And so mountains can be removed by us speaking to the mountain. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, when Paul was talking to that whole church there about the armor uh, that we get the sword and, and the shield referenced from, he was saying, take to yourselves the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, or that word, word there, is rhema, or what God is saying. 
And so, when we hear what God is saying to us, it can be used offensively and aggressively. And a, couple th- a few things that stood out to me this last week when Tony was talking, we talked about, or he talked about the sword being what we use against things that, uh, that that shield, perhaps we didn't activate that shield, and so there begins to be a mountain or there's an obstacle or a circumstance that needs to be removed. And so God gives us a sword by which we're able to remove things. And so uh, what stood out to me this this last week or stood up in, in uh, my thinking was this. That sword is good for us to be able to use, the sword of the Spirit, in our individual life and in our personal lives. But that sword, as far as a military is concerned, in the hands of many, many people, can achieve a great agenda. Not just a personal agenda, but when God gives a word to a whole group of people, it makes that group of people into an army. Instead of it just being a congregation, it turns that congregation into an army. That Jesus said the gates of hell cannot prevail against that word. So praise the Lord for the word of God that is in our hand like a sword. Not only uh, that, but what stood out to me too is that this sword, don't you like this sword in this cute? This sword uh, is not directed to God. So if we're thinking about uh, this area here, we'll pretend like this drum kit area is representative of the throne. We don't use our throne, uh, we don't use our sword in the throne room. We don't have to wave our sword at God. Our sword is not for the purpose uh, of doing business to God. He doesn't need the sword. But this sword is for God, and the word that comes from the throne empowers us with a sword to be able to do things on his behalf, and for the kingdom. Not only that, but another thing that stood out to me too is that from this verse of scripture, it says, I say to you, and Jesus was talking, he said, whoever says to this mountain, and Tony made, um, made the, a really, really good point there, that it doesn't say whoever says about the mountain, whoever complains about the mountain, whoever cries about, anybody in here ever cried about a mountain? Complain about a mountain? Anybody sit up at night and worry about a mountain? Think about a mountain, strategize about a mountain? Anybody try to to dig around the mountain or make a mountain pass over it. Jesus said something very radical here. He said, whoever says to this mountain, so Tony was making the the point this last week, 
that what Jesus told us to do with the faith of God is instead of talking to, to mountains, talking about mountains, that we actually, I know this seems audacious, we talk to mountains. How bold is that? That would almost, to somebody who, who, who may not know what Jesus was saying here, it may almost sound audacious because actually we command things rather than requesting things. You look at Jesus' life in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it was a life that manifested and demonstrated, modeled this kind of faith. He didn't request things of the devil. He didn't request things. He didn't bargain with. He didn't plead. You don't, and when he was ministering healing to people, you don't hear him begging God to heal those people. What did Jesus do? He was commanding sickness, commanding devils. I like his style. Mark eleven twenty two. he said, you have this faith. Have this kind of faith. You talk to mountains. So can we just do this, say, I have the God kind of faith. Well, if you have his word and if God is talking to you, you do have that kind of faith. Say this, I can talk to mountains. I can command. And it must obey. Amen. So, but one thing that kind of pulled me up is that Jesus did not say here, I say unto you, whoever prays about this mountain. Now that's a little bit tricky because sometimes prayer seems to be the most spiritual thing you can do. <laughs> There's some, some situation, the devil's acting out, some obstacle, some problem, and it sound, doesn't it sound like the most spiritual thing you can say to say, I'll pray about that. Jesus didn't say to pray about the mountain. What did he say to do? We speak to it. We command it. So in other words, rather than just praying about confusion in your mind, praying about, uh, praying about strife in your home, praying about a, a, a spiral down effect in your finances, uh, rather than praying, just praying about um, things going wrong in your body. There has to be a time you put your foot down and you say, you command. Amen. Say, I can do it. And the deal is, is that Jesus told us, you do it. You have this faith in God. All right? So the sword, very aggressive. I think, I think it's interesting the fact that uh, there is nothing, you know, there is nothing cushy about a sword. There's no hidden agenda about a sword. Uh, it is clearly a weapon. It's for damage. If you were to see a, a child pick it up, you'd say, be careful with that. That's, it, it's, it's a weapon. And there is, with the word of God, 
there is the power for us to use it as a weapon. Not to hurt people, but definitely to hurt what has been trying to hurt you. <laughs> Amen. So we put away the tears and we just take in the word of God and let that word of God embolden and empower us to declare and command things as they should be. Another thing that I saw about the sword is that swords can be quite ornate and beautiful, even though that they are a weapon, and they, whether they're an ugly sword or a beautiful sword, they do the same thing. If they're used in the hand of somebody that knows how to use them. But uh, a, a sword hung on the wall just because it's beautiful and it can, you know, be quite ornate and lovely on the wall. But a sword on the wall never saved anybody's life. A sword, listen, even a sword in a sheath right with somebody, very close with somebody, never saved anybody's life. It's when you take the sword off the wall, you take the sword out of the sheath, and you use it. The Word of God hanging on your wall, the Word of God in a book on your bedside table, a Word of God even that you're listening to, that other people are preaching to you, is wonderful, it's good, it's helpful, but the word of God that moves mountains is the word that comes out of your own mouth. So God, through Jesus here in this verse of scripture, he tells us, you say to the mountain. Amen. Guys, I want to encourage us this week, let's move some mountains. Hallelujah. You think, well, I, I need to get some things sorted and straightened out in my life a little bit before I ha feel like I have the, the spiritual fortitude or right to be able to. Jesus gave us the right. He said, you speak. Amen. The devil will always say, wait until, wait until you've grown a little bit. Wait until you get that area in your life figured out a little bit better. Wait until this, wait until that. I tell you, there's no better time than right now to use the Word of God, declare the Word of God, and let's move some mountains. Praise the Lord. Some people in here don't just have a mountain, you've got a mountain range. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. God's got enough word to put a sword in our hand for every single mountain in that range. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, we're going to look on today at hands, at this expression of faith. So if the shield was defensive, the sword is offensive, the hand in comparison to these other two areas seems to be mm, the most tender, the most, oh, the most passive, perhaps, it seems, of its expression in faith. Um, if I could, if I could uh, describe it a little bit like this, last, last night, and now maybe for several days, I've been fascinated in watching 
different YouTube videos of rivers that become flooded. And I've found different ones from around the world of ri rivers that have flooded where perhaps the, the original riverbed was, was just a, a small riverbed. But because there becomes a, a huge and vast amount of water, that small riverbed uh, that was just very calm and docile, a little child could play in the stream, float a little boat down the stream, that very same riverbed becomes thunderous and huge boulders, huge boulders is, is the size of that whole area of the platform just bouncing down those sa that same riverbed like a ping pong ball. Well, yesterday I was, I was looking at another one of those videos and found one of the, the flood in Toowoomba in, in 2011. How many of you, rem well, who, who could forget? It was quite an interesting time. There's a very interesting footage of, of this stream. It was actually like a little drainage ditch there in Toowoomba. And uh, n insignificant drainage ditch. This, this riverbed or this little ditch bed just only receiving, just receiving whatever was given to it, which wasn't a whole lot, just receiving the water that would be coming down that way. However, because there was a whole lot more water that came during that flood, oh, wow, the water just kept coming and coming and coming. That little, same little riverbed or that little ditch bed became like a huge channel of power. And there were cars that were lined up in a parking lot very close to that little ditch. And suddenly, as the riverbed just kept getting more and more full and, and the volume of water started increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing, that river picked up those cars just like they were your little child's matchbox cars and stacked them up on top of each other. Amazing, the power of that river. And you know what received that kind of power? The same little riverbed. <laughs> so what are we saying here? A hand that receives just a little or a hand that receives great big stuff from God is the same hands. How many of you'd like to learn to receive bigger stuff from God? Me too. We want to be bigger receivers from God. If you can receive just a little dab, a little dab that will do you, if you want to just receive just enough to just keep you eking along, I tell you, there's great abundance that can flow from the throne of our God if he can get us to receive bigger, amen? So the hand actually is, even though it is passive, is not without power. 
passive by comparison of the sword. That seems so dramatic and demonstrative. The hand that receives, what's that? Well, I tell you what, that is how Jesus received his own resurrection, was by receiving it. He trusted in God and he received resurrection power. So tremendous power is involved and in, engaged with us as we're able to receive from the throne of God. So we're going to look a little bit about hands. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus went on after, after he was told us to speak to the mountains in, in verse 23. He said, talk to the mountain. And then he said, therefore I say to you, what things soever when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So verse 23, Jesus is saying, you talk and you command mountains. In verse 24, he said, you come and you talk to me. He said, and when you pray, you believe that you receive things. When you, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. All right. So what we want to see is that in the kingdom of God, in the family of God, God means for all, say all. One more time. No, one more time. All of his children to have hands. Think about it. It would be a very unusual and a very sad thing for, uh, naturally speaking, for a child to not be able to have hands. Uh, it, what would happen with a child that has no hands is that then all their life they would be dependent upon people who have hands. Spiritually speaking, sometimes there are people in the body of Christ that are delegated as the people with the hands. <laughs> you go get something from God and give it to me. But God wants all of his children to come to a consciousness that they have hands to receive from their own father. Wouldn't that be right? That each of us have a God-given right to come into the throne of grace boldly and to find mercy there, to find grace, and will receive from our Heavenly Father. Naturally speaking, it's one of, the, one of the very first things that start developing with a child. First, the child doesn't know how to use their hands. They, they don't even really know they have hands. And they're mostly even just wadded up. They just do that. If anything makes its way to a child's mouth, it's because it's put there. But in a little while, for instance, if there's a bottle, that, that bottle can be put in the, in the baby's mouth, but pretty soon, sometimes the baby even does this with their hands. They don't know how to even grasp things, but the purpose of of using something to help themselves. Pretty soon that child learns to use their hands. And when, they're, when they get thirsty, after you grow up, like, like uh, 
a child that is, I don't know how old, how old before your children start doing things on their own? About 17? No, I'm kidding. Just kidding. So, but so your child is thirsty or hungry or whatever, and they, when they're baby, baby, all they can do is just cry. Ah, ah, you know, just cry. But once you know how to work with your hands and you know where the blessing is, the food is, and you know it belongs to you, you can use your hands to get it. Spiritually speaking, it is so. God wants all of his children to be able to use their hands to come into the throne room and all the things that we've been blessed with in Christ Jesus, blessed with spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that we don't have to just cry and beg and say, please, please give it to me. Please, somebody help me. Please, can somebody pray for me? Well, God wants you to be able with boldness to use your hands to receive what Jesus bought and paid for you. Everyone in this room. Isn't that wonderful? We can, we can not only receive what God has for us, but then go into the Father's throne and receive blessings to give to other people who don't yet know that they can receive from God themselves. How wonderful is that? Now, so what about these hands? Hands, every believer has them. Some believers live and die and never hardly ever use their spiritual hands. They're dependent on other people that have their hands in operation, know how to use their hands, and they'll just ask other people to use their hands. So believers, even though they have hands, may not ever know that they have them. What does it, what helps a believer know that they have hands? What helps a believer discover the fact that they can receive from God? What is it? Well, Romans, the 10th chapter, and verse 17 says this. It's a familiar verse of scripture, guys. This isn't anything earth-shatteringly new. It says faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Faith, or this expression of faith, the hand expression of faith, comes it's activated by hearing a promise of God. Every believer has hands, but your hands are activated. They come into, into motion when you get a promise from God, when God tells you what belongs to you, when God tells you what he'll do for you, what he wants to do for you, what his purpose is, what his will is, what used to just hang limply and make you have to beg, or make you feel like you were at the mercy of life and whatever else. It changes. A promise of God, whew, 
It puts your hands into motion. I can receive. Sometimes when it first comes into motion, the, you'll think, this, this could happen. Maybe, maybe I could have a change, or maybe there, there's hope. Well, that's not real bold faith yet. That's still in the area of just, oh, maybe hope. But as you feed on what God has to say, faith comes. These hands get real bold to receive. How many of you have ever had the experience of a promise of God making you bold? First, Corinthians, or First John, the fifth chapter, I don't have these in my notes, but you can write this down if you want to, but First John, the fifth chapter, verse 14 and 15, he said, this is the confidence that we have. Say confidence. This is the confidence that we have, that if we ask anything, what, that we need? No. Anything according to his will. He hears us, and if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. It's, it puts a grip, it puts, it puts a strength in your hands to be able to receive. So if your hands seem to not be doing anything at all, it just doesn't seem, seems like you're just at the mercy of whatever's happening or not happening, the word of God comes, or the, give, the faith comes, it activates your hands by hearing what God has to say about that situation, and then for your hands to have confident boldness grip in them, it comes from the same word. Hearing the same word, it emboldens you. You become very convinced that what God promised, he's also able to perform. Now, Proverbs, the fourth chapter, in verse 20. If faith comes or the active, activization of your hands comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, then you know what is even more desirable than the answer that you're looking for, the answer of that situation changing, you think, I just need the healing or I need the money. Money? How about money? <laughs> what about, what about uh, the wisdom for that relationship or that decision? That's what I need. But when you realize that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and that that faith gives you hands to receive the word of God, do you know what's even more desirable than the thing that it is that you're looking for is the word that gives you the hands to receive the thing. You get, like the, like the writer in Psalms 119, he said, your words are better to me than thousands of silver and gold. I stayed awake longing for your word because if I can get your word I can have hands to receive whatever it is I need if it's little or if it's huge 
Nothing is too difficult. Nothing is too impossible. Nothing is too out of reach because I've got hands to receive from a living God. So, a desire to hear what God has to say. Anytime we're in a situation, in, and things happen every week, you know, but something happens, let it be the first desire that rises up in your heart. What does God have to say about this? What does God have to say about it? Why? Because what God has to say about it will give you hands to receive the answer for it. The first desire. The first desire, not, I'm looking for my way out. I'm looking for my way of escape. I'm looking for my miracle. No, I'm looking for what God has to say about this because what God has to say will give me hands to receive a miracle. That Bible is jam-packed full of hand activization. Which part is, is for you? What part will activate you? That's why I like this verse of scripture, my son, pay attention to what I say. The, uh, the King James says it this way, my son, incline your ear to my saying. And when you think about inclining, uh, you lean in. If I'm, if I'm wanting to listen to somebody in particular, and, I, and I'm not getting what they say, you lean in, you give your ear. You sometimes even cup your ear and make sure you're getting it, especially if there's a lot of other noise. And so you'll lean in and incline your ear. And so this verse of scripture said, uh, when, when you're needing your hands to be activated to receive something from God, you lean into God. You lean into what he's saying. That means whatever you need to lean out of. If you're leaning into him, you're leaning out of something else. If there's a, if there's a blend of a whole lot of other voices, like a choral, and like a whole choir of voices in your life, and God is, is just singing bass, that's all. He's just bass in a whole choir full of voices. There's something screeching off, you know, some, some bad report or something that's droning on, you know, with, with the humdrum of what the devil's doing and, and how you're feeling and da-da-da-da-da. No, incline your ear unto his saying. What is God saying? Because God is talking. God is talking to every one of us every single day. He said, you pay attention to what I'm saying. What are some practical ways to pay attention? When I was thinking about these things uh, this, this week, I thought, if I'm not mistaken, especially this year, I have gone over and over and on every kind of different subject, but it keeps on, for me, it keeps on coming back to this with, with uh, us in here as a family. Uh, my part that I'm sharing is read the Bible and pray. Doesn't that seem monstrously spiritual? Well, actually, it seems so basic, very, very basic, but reading the Bible, listening to the Word of God, 
and talking to God, talking to God about his word. What do you want to say to me about this? This is what my doctor said. This is what this bank statement says. This is what this report says. This is what my feelings have said. This is what my friends have said. This is what this all says. But what do you have to say about it? And you know what? You give him the opportunity to speak. And when he speaks, your hands become active. And when your hands become active, you can receive anything that you need from God. My son or daughter, incline your ear. You pay attention to what I have to say. And then it says, well, I don't have that next verse up as scripture. You just have to trust me that I'm quoting it right to you. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from before your sight and keep them in the midst of your heart. And so, as you do, what used to be weak becomes strong to receive from God. And you won't seem like a beggar, won't seem like you're just waiting, with helplessly waiting, and hoping that heaven feels sorry for you enough to give you something. Oh, guys, we're sons of the living God. He's made us with hands to interact and receive from our heavenly Father. Let's do it. Let's do it. And how we do it is being activated by his own word. I believe God has things to speak to us uh, this week, individual things that he has to speak to us this week. If we'll listen to him, if we'll listen. At the end of every service, and Andy, if, you'll, if you guys will come, um, at the end of every service, you know, we always have a, a time, a place for ministry at the end. Sometimes, sometimes you, you want somebody to, to pray for you and pray with you. And oh, thank God for somebody who will uh, pray the word of God with you and, and pray the, the life of God for you and come into agreement with you. Sometimes it's good to just you talk to God too. And it's all right to just stay in your, in your chair before you interact with other people. Or if you'd like to, I just want us to always know it's always appropriate for you to, to come if you want to just come and kneel or if you want to just be just between you and God, you can have that. You want to talk to God about what he's been talking to you about. If you want to talk to God about his voice becoming primary and the only one that is, is directing that situation, that your hands are affected just by only him. Praise the name of the Lord. At the end of this service, we'll be that way. You can come up at the end of the service and, and people will be here to pray with you. Or if you want to just pray by yourself, you can do that as well. But I want to give an opportunity for you to put into practice what we're talking about. Let's incline our ear unto the voice of the Lord. 
heaven has huge things to give to us. Things that will move things in your life that you can't move yourself. In the same way, there's no way a person, anyone in, of us in here could move a car and stack it up on top of another car. Maybe a group of us could do something, you know, and we'd really think that was, and the rest of us would be cheering, yay! But enough river going through can move things. A riverbed receiving a lot of volume can move things that have been unmovable in your life. Things that have been stuck for years can be easily moved if you can receive from God. Isn't that wonderful? So I want to encourage us to be seeking His face and leaning into Him. He's got some great things for us this morning and that He wants to get to us. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank You. Thank You for Your mercy. Thank You for Your grace. Thank You for Your help to my life your counsel to my life, your words to me, O oh God, are more valuable than silver and gold. I seek them out. I love them. I treasure them more than even my necessary food because they give me the ability to receive miracles, to receive miracles. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for anyone in here that they are in need of a miracle. And their eyes have been fastened on the need, the need for the miracle, the impossibility, the terribleness of the situation. Father, I ask you that by the grace of God, that their eyes are turned away from the need and they're put upon the great giver of every good and perfect gift. And I thank you, Father, that through you, through you, things change. Situations change. And I thank you in advance for great change. Can you thank him with me for changes in one another's lives? Praise you, Jesus. We receive, we receive that great, that great flow from heaven of miracle power that moves things around, changes things around. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll pick this back up in just a moment. But before we go any further, I want to give an opportunity here this morning. If you have come and you don't know about receiving from God in the same way that we've been talking about anything, because you've not yet received Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Today, there is a verse of scripture that I'd like to share with you, and that is this. Jesus said that if you want to come into the kingdom of God, be a part of the kingdom, 
that you must be born again. Later on in the same chapter, John 3, he said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe on Jesus wouldn't perish but would have everlasting life. And so because of what God gave us when he gave us Jesus, we have a way to receive eternal life and to receive a place in heaven. I want to ask you this morning, do you know for sure that Jesus is your Lord or have you for sure come to a knowing that heaven will be where you go at the end of this life? Even if you have gone to church, perhaps in the past, nowhere in the Bible does it say that church attendance will save you. You say, well, I've been good. I've been doing a lot of good things. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, and say in fact, it says the opposite to it, that good works make things right between you and God, or that good works make a place for you in heaven. You say, well, I was raised in a Christian home. Again, nowhere in the Bible does it say that being raised around Christians or in a Christian environment will make you a Christian. You say, well, I, I, I just believe that, uh, you know, I, that everything will turn out in the end and I'll be, I'll be able to go to heaven. You wouldn't want to leave that question up to just chance. And nowhere in the Bible is, it, is there instruction for you to do so. In fact, opposite is so. Jesus said, if you want to be born again, to believe in him. And so this morning, we want to give you an opportunity to do so. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'd like you to pray that prayer with me. I'd like everyone to join with me as I pray this prayer. And for sure, you can know this morning that Jesus is your Lord, that you're in the family of God, and that heaven will be your home. Hallelujah. So pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for me and for sending Jesus to die on my behalf to take punishment for my sin so that I can come to you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying. And I believe that God raised you from the dead and that you're alive today. And I want you to be alive in my life. So I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, I give you my life and everything about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story that you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at raymond.org.au.